بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله حمد الشاكرين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد طب القلوب ودوائها ونور الأبصار وضيائها وعافية الأبدان وشفائها وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد كلما ذكرك الذاكرون وغفل عن ذكرك الغافلون We stopped on verse 73 of Surah Al-Baqarah on the story relating to the sacrifice of the Baqarah of the cow and the background to which was the murder of one of the Bani Israel after the body was placed near the encampment of one of the tribes of Bani Israel for, and they subsequently disputed regarding the identity of the murderer. Sayyiduna Musa salam commanded them to sacrifice a baqarah, meaning the command from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon the tongue of Sayyiduna Musa salam. Upon which they questioned Sayyiduna Musa salam, mentioning the type of baqarah, the type of cow that should be slaughtered, the the age of the Baqarah, the type of Baqarah in terms of is the Baqarah a Baqarah which has farmed the land or carried water on behalf of farmers? Is it a Baqarah that has been uh, ridden upon, meaning have they rode upon the back of this Baqarah? All the details were given, including the color of the Baqarah. And then what we covered also was the background of the young man who sold them the Baqarah for the price of the jild, the hide of the camel, the hide of the cow filled with gold for which the Baqarah was sold. After which Sayyiduna Musa salam commands them. Of course the command is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala فَقُلْنَا ضْرِبُوهُ بِبَعْدِهَا We said, فَقُلْنَا We said, meaning the divine command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the tongue of Musa alayhi salam, فَقُلْنَا and we said, what did we say? اِضْرِبُوهَا بِبَعْدِهَا Strike فَقُلْنَا ضْرِبُوهُ بِبَعْدِهَا Strike it اِضْرِبُوهُ بِبَعْدِهَا with some of it meaning strike the dead body with a part of the Baqarah the dead body was dead the Baqarah had also died because they slaughtered the Baqarah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands them take a part of this dead Baqarah and strike the dead body what will occur that the body became alive. This was to demonstrate that ihya'ul mawta, bringing about life, to, resurrection of the dead is possible. They were told and commanded to strike the dead body with the, with the dead part of an animal. What is mentioned in the commentaries, that the dead part was actually the tongue of the cow. That with the tongue of the cow, they struck the dead body. So if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can bring about 
life in the dead, through the dead, meaning life in the dead body, through the dead tongue, then why can he not bring about that which was once alive through his divine power? And of course, the dead tongue is only from sabab min al-asbab. But they strike the dead body with the dead tongue, but the body becomes alive with the will and might of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who creates life. So they observed the dead body becoming alive. And the striking was done by other than Sayyiduna Musa salam. Why? So they cannot say later that Musa salam carried out some trickery. That if he himself struck the dead body and the body became alive, they would have said he carried out magic, sihr. So Musa salam, he gave the tongue or commanded one of the Bani Israel to take the tongue from the cow and to strike the dead body from which the dead body became alive. And in that way, and if you notice, as we have been covering the tafsir, is in what? In reference to that. And ka refers to that which has been mentioned. That which has just been mentioned, kazalika, meaning like that. Like what? The way the dead body became alive. Yuhyillahul mauta. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives life to al mauta to the dead. Yuhyillahul mauta. That you observe this with your own eyes. Wa yurikum. And he subhanahu wa ta'ala shows you, demonstrates to you, ara yuri, to show. If you say ra'a, ra'a yara, it means he looked. But when you say ara yuri, it means he showed, he demonstrated. Yurikum ayatihi, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala demonstrates to you his signs. Ayatihi is plural of ayatun. And if we observe throughout Al-Quran Al-Kareem, the term ayatun is in reference to that which has a physical manifestation. Anything which has a physical manifestation, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refers to it as ayat. Like al-ayat al-kawniyah, the universal signs. Al-afaq, the signs on the horizons are referred to as ayat. The ayat within the person himself. Within yourselves. These are also ayats. Similarly, Sayyidatuna Maryam and her son Sayyiduna Isa alayhim salam are referred to as signs of Allah. Why they had a physical manifestation. And Sayyiduna Isa salam shall manifest himself again to humanity when he appears at the end of times. Similarly, the ark of Nuh salam is referred to as an ayah, as a sign. So here, وَيُرِيكُمْ آيَاتِهِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows you his signs here referring to the dead becoming alive. لَعَلَّكُمْ تَعَقِلُونَ In order that what? لَعَلَّكُمْ لَعَلَّ is generally for hope. And here in the Quran it comes sometimes for certainty. In order that you may what? تَعَقِلُونَ Actively utilize your minds. عَقِلُونَ is in the mind, in the brain, aql, intellect. But when you say ta'aqilun, 
it means utilizing your mind. That you may utilize your mind. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that some of you, Bani Israel, you denied that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can, can give life to the dead. But yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala demonstrated to you that he, he commanded you to sacrifice a baqarah and with the tongue, one of you struck the dead body and the dead body became alive. In order that you may utilize your minds. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informs us the state of the hearts of Bani Israel even after this miracle, even after observing this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informs them addressing the Bani Israel in the time of Sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam, thumma qasat qulubukum, thumma qasat, thumma is for atarahi thereafter, subsequently, later on, qasat qulubukum, that your heart became hard. This verb, qaswah, qaswah with a qaf, qaswatun, Double dotted qaf refers to hardness, but the heart is described as such. But when we look at the heart, the heart is a fleshy piece of meat that pumps blood around the body within the chests of mankind. But the heart is addressed because the ruh resides in the heart, like the aql resides in the brain. The power of speech resides in the tongue. The power of sight resides in the eyes. The ruh resides in the heart. So when the heart is corrupted, the soul becomes corrupted. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the states of their heart. And then your hearts became hard. Meaning the hearts become hard. Why? Because of the sins a person may do. A state of ghafla, negligence envelops the heart after which a person, the heart does not become soft. How does it become soft? With zikrullah. Remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How does it become hard? By remembrance of materialistic things. The material life, it makes the heart hard. It's a spiritual feeling that when someone is engrossed in materialist um, uh, gain, then their hearts become hard. But if they are engrossed in dhikrullah, the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, reciting Al-Quranul Kareem, doing acts of ibadah, worship, then the hearts become soft and the soul ascends. The, the ruh has a mi'raj, an ascension, a spiritual ascension. That the person will feel he will have bishara in the dunya. That they have glad tidings in the worldly life. What are the glad tidings? Firstly, the kafiyat, the waridat, the spiritual feelings that a person may have. These are gifts from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When a person softens the heart with dhikrullah and avoiding haram, avoiding what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prohibited. But in this case, even after observing the miracles of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informs us regarding them, uh, addressing them, 
And then your hearts became hard. After that, meaning after these events occurred, even after these events, your hearts became hard. This shows that when a person is engrossed in dunya to the point that they engross themselves with materialistic things, even after observing the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, their hearts will still become hard. Meaning it's essential for a Muslim at all points in their life to continuously renew remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is why we are exhorted to recite the Quran every day. We are exhorted to remember things every day. This is why we worship five times a day. In order to remember, when we remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so the hearts do not become hard. Because even if you observe miracles, some people may say, sometimes I may need to see a miracle in order to strengthen my iman. Momentarily your iman may be strengthened. But if you are not continuous in dhikrullah, if you are not continuous in remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even if you see the greatest of miracles, the hearts can become hard. And this is what happened with Bani Israel, that they saw miracles, which is kharqul aada, a violation of the norms. But even after this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses them, ثُمَّ قَصَتْ قُلُوبُكُمْ مِنْ بَعْدِ ذَلِكَ And even after that, your hearts became hard. And then tashbih is given, a resemblance of the heart which we should avoid. Meaning the hearts can become so hard sometimes that a person cannot have rahmah in his heart. When the believer is the embodiment of rahmah, mercy, meaning rahmah for the makhluq of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, rahmah for the believers, that first you have rahmah for the believers, you have rahmah to the weak. Those who are weak, you have rahmah for them. This is uh, uh, the softness displayed to those who are on the lower echelons of society. Those who have no power. Those who are weak. The Muslim behaves meek and humble towards them. In this day and age where we live in inverted times, there are people who will display meekness to people of power. Meekness to people of wealth. Meekness to people of ferocious strength which is not utilized in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But they will de display tyranny towards the weak. But the believer he has a soft heart towards the makhluq of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. ثُمَّ قَصَتْ قُلُوبُكُمْ مِنْ بَعْدِ ذَلِكَ فَهِيَ كَالْحِجَارَةِ That those hearts are like what? كَالْحِجَارَةِ Like stones. That the hearts become stones. What is the tashbih? The tashbih that is being given, the resemblance that is being given is the hardness that is found in stones. But the difference is with stones, the hardness is beneficial to stones. Because when a mountain is hard, it stays anchored in the ground and acts as something which prevents tremors on the earth and it has a function. The hardness has a function. But when the hearts become hard, then they go against their nature for which they were created. And a person becomes negligent of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, engrossed in material gain. What is material gain? It's not always ex excessive accumulation of money. 
Because money is one of the things that the overwhelming majority of humanity, they worship money. If they do not acknowledge they worship money, they act in a way that they worship money. But at the same time, there could be other desires a person turns away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like what? A riya, ostentation, a shuhra, fame. That the hadith, it states narrated in the Musnad of Imam Ahmad, in the Sunan of Imam Abu Dawood, Ma dhi'bani ja'i'ani. That two hungry wolves, Ma dhi'bani ja'i'ani. Ursila fil ghanami. That are let loose amongst a, a herd of goats or sheep. Bi'afsadat li dini rajuli. Is not more corrupting for the religion of a man, min hubbihi, than his love for, min hubbihi al mala wal jah, than his love for what? Wealth and status. Two things that are mentioned. One is love of wealth, and second is status, because wealth will have all the material things, accumulation of gold and silver and money, and properties, and cars, and other things, material things people buy and sell. But then al-jah is status amongst people. So these things, they do what? They harden the heart of a man, that they corrupt his religion. وَلِيَاذُ بِاللَّهِ فَهِيَكَ الْحِجَارَةِ And your heart became like stone. أَوْ أَشَدُّ قَسْوَةً So again, أَوْ أَشَدُّ that your heart became even more intensely hard. Like sometimes words, they do not have the superlative noun. Like for instance, we say akbar, greater. But if we wanted to say uh, ahmar is red. But if we wanted to say intensely red, you say ahmar, but more intensely red. Ashaddu humratan. So here, ashaddu qaswatan. That even more solid than what? Than stones. That if you looked at the hearts of these people and you extract the hearts, the hearts are not, the flesh is still soft. So why is the heart being described as being more tougher, more strong than stone? Or harder than stone. This is referring to the kafiyat, the quiddity, the modality of the heart. That the kafiyat, what the person feels, that the feelings of the heart have been, the heart, nothing penetrates the heart. And in one hadith of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, which is an explanation of the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Kalla. بَلْ رَانَ عَلَىٰ قُلُوبِهِمْ مَا كَانُوا يَكْسِبُونَ That ran, rana is what? That the, when a person acquires a bad deed, a mark is made on the heart, a black mark. When a person does a second bad deed, another black mark is placed upon the, the heart until it becomes like a mat made from reed. What happens with the straw mat? You place one straw, then a second straw, then a third straw, until an entire mat is made. 
and in, uh, something is enmeshed on the heart. So like this, marks are made on the heart until the entire heart becomes black. And then the heart becomes sealed. And the Quran states, Kalla, behold, bal, rather, rana ala ma kanu yaksibun. What they would acquire deeds, bad deeds. Disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, rana ala kulubihim. That it becomes run upon the heart. By what they acquired. Whatever actions they did, they had an effect on the heart. So this is a warning for us as Muslims that we do tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at all times. Before we leave this hall, we should all, the masjid, before we leave the masjid, we all do tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, intending that we never return back to those sins. Because once you do tawbah, the darkness is removed from the heart. And remember in a hadith, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa describes That which has no Qur'an inside it, meaning a, a jawf, the inside of a person which has no Qur'an, is like a destroyed house. So the heart, if the person is acquiring sins all the time, and the inside of the heart has no Qur'an, no wa'ad, no admonition, no hadith and sunnah, then what will happen? The darkness of the heart becomes a place where shaitan lives. Because the shayateenul jinn, they love dark places. Wherever there is a dark place, they live and reside. And if there is no Qur'an recited, then the Quran, the jinn, the shayateen or jinn, they stay in that place. This is why the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Inna shaytana yanfiru min al-bayti tuqra'u fihi surah al-baqarah. Indeed, the shaytan runs away from a house in which surah al-baqarah is recited. So that tells us regarding the heart also, that if a heart is dark and the person acquires darkness and sins, then the shayateen will live in that heart. And then the heart becomes hard. So a person should always make istighfar and tawbah and return back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describing the heart says, Qasat qulubukum that your hearts became hard min ba'di thalika after that fahiya kal hijarati aw ashaddu qaswa that the hearts became harder than stone. Uh, they became like stone or harder than stone. Ashaddu qaswa. Qaswa is the hardness. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned some types of stones from which they can take admonition. Wa inna min al-hijarati. For indeed, wa inna min al-hijarati. From the stones. Lama yatafajjaru minhu al-anhar. Are those stones from which rivers flow? Anhar. Plural of Nahar. Nahar is what the, the ditch, the natural ditch which is created. Water flows through these ditches. The ditches are referred to as Nahar. Then the word Nahar is a name for the water itself. But volcanic rock gives off water. يَتَفَجَّرُ مِنْهُ anhar That there are rocks in the world from which rivers flow. That the, the water comes to the people themselves. وَإِنَّ مِنْهَا And indeed from the stones there are what? لَمَا يَشَّقَّقُ 
is that which splits. Shakka is it split. Yashukku it is splitting. Uh, in Shakka it is splitting itself. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes Al-Qamar, the, the, the moon in Surah Al-Qamar as being what? As being what? Split. So, Bani Israel, they observed what? They observed the rock that Sayyidina Musa salam struck from the four sides of the rock. Three springs gushed forth from each side. In total, 12 springs. 12 springs gushed forth. So there are stones that are softer than their hearts because there is a type of stone, the volcanic rock, which gives off rivers. There is the type of stone which gives off spring water, which they observed for themselves. Is that stone, that which is what? Uh, this la is for indeed, and the ma is ma mausula, that, indeed, that, la ma yashakaku, that which splits. And comes out of it what water. So there are stones which split and water comes out. And indeed from it, meaning indeed from what? From the stones. Are those types of stones? Hubut is falling down. And this word has already been mentioned when we did the Qissa of Sayyiduna Adam salam, And also the story of Bani Israel when they were in the desert and they were told, Ihbitu Misra, go to the town. Same word. What does it mean? Something falling from a height. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describing the types of rocks says, inna minha, for, for indeed from it, meaning from the types of rocks, lama yahbitu, is those types of rocks that fall, yahbitu min khashyatillah, from the khashyah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What is khashyah? Uh, khashyah is the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yakhshawna rabbahum. But note it's different to khawf. There is always a distinction, linguistical distinction between words. And that is why those specific types of words are mentioned. They feared their Lord from above, meaning from the punishment that can come down from above. So khashya, that these rocks can fall down from the khashya of Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لَوْ أَنزَلْنَا هَذَا الْقُرْآنَ If we had indeed revealed this Qur'an عَلَى جَبَلٍ Upon a mountain, what would have happened to the mountain? لَرَأَيْتَهُ You would observe the mountain. لَرَأَيْتَهُ خَاشِعًا From خُشُوع Humble مُتَصَدِّعًا Splitted, split asunder. Mutasaddi'an min khashyatillah. From what? Khashya of Allah. Meaning an awe of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if, even if the Quran was revealed on a huge mountain, the mountain the size of Everest, 
one revelation, not the entire Quran, one verse, the entire mountain would have disintegrated. Min khashiyatillah. So there is a type of rock that falls down due to khashiyah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if that is the state of the rock, that the rock cannot handle the revelation of the Quran, then what is the status of the heart of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa that not only took one revelation of a verse, but the entire revelation of Al-Quran al-Kareem. Secondly, it answers two more questions. The first question people ask, are the Anbiya salam alive in their graves? The answer is yes. Their bodies can never be consumed because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says uh, that the mountain would have disintegrated. This shows that the body of the Prophet is stronger than the greatest of mountains. The heart is stronger than the greatest of mountains. And the hadith states, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prohibited the earth from eating the bodies of the prophets. It means the earth cannot eat the bodies of the prophets. It cannot eat it. Why? Because the bodies are stronger than a mountain because they can handle the revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But it also answers the Christians because a young man came to see me who left Islam. He became a Christian and he asked a question. He said, why did Jibreel alayhi salam frighten? This is his question. Frighten the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. I said, there was no, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam was not frightened. It was Alamul Malaika that Jibreel alayhi salam, he, he questioned, he said, when Maryam alayhi salam saw Jibreel, she was able to see Jibreel. But why did the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam become frightened? I said to him, firstly, Jibreel alayhi salam came in the form of a man. He was taking the form of a man. But when he came to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he came as a huge angel. So it was Alamul Malaika, the world of angels meeting the world of humanity. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam was a human being and he met the angel. So the natural reaction was what? That when the Wahi came down, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, a state overwhelmed him. So then he asked, he said, okay, why did he want to throw himself off a mountain? Interpreting a particular wording in the Sahih of Imam Bukhari, I said, this was not for suicide, as you may think. This was just the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam saying, that because of the heaviness of the revelation, I felt ataradda of throwing myself off the mountain, not for suicide, meaning the heaviness of the revelation. But it doesn't mean he was going to do it. And it wasn't for suicide. And this is why Sidi Abdul Aziz at Dabbagh, Rahimallah Ta'ala, the author of Alibriz, he jumped off his house numerous times and lived each time to demonstrate that the meaning of this was not for suicide as some people misinterpret this hadith. But the point being that the revelation of the Quran was upon the best of creation sallallahu alayhi wasallam, who was the greatest of all messengers alayhi salam. Alhamdulillah, the young man became a Muslim again. He took his shahada, 
and he became a Muslim again, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to keep him consistent on Islam and to realize that Sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the greatest of all messengers and the greatest of all makhluq, all creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because the Christian missionaries now, they attempt to undermine the status of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam by saying that he did not have sufficient miracles, which is false. There are over 3,000 miracles in the works of Hadith alone, over 3,000. But in the Bible, in the New Testament, there are only a handful of miracles of Jesus. Every miracle Jesus Isa did, the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam did a similar miracle and greater. Musa Salam split the sea, the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam split the moon. Isa Salam gave life to the dead by the permission of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. The Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam gave life to the inanimate object, the tree trunk he was reclining on for the khutbah. It began to cry, which is a greater miracle. Isa salam fed people with a few loaves of bread and fish. The Prophet وسلم, he gave water to over 30,000 companions from a small container of water. If you read works like Hujjatullahi ala al-alameen of Imam Yusuf al-Nabahani rahimahullah, you will realize the Messenger of Allah وسلم, has greater miracles than all the Prophets, but it's essential to teach the young, younger generation regarding the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam so they do not become hoodwinked into Christianity which in reality is a colonial religion secular atheism in the guise of religion it is uh, people who become Christian from Muslim to Christian they lose their dignity they have no dignity anymore so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says minha, And indeed from them, meaning the stones, are those stones which fall from the khashya, from the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Note here, and indeed Allah is not what? Is not ghafil. What is ghafil? Negligent of what of whatever you may do. And this is to remind us of what is known as muhasaba. Hasibu and fusakum. That take hisab of yourselves hisab prior to the day of judgment, prior to Yom al Hisab. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not ghafil is not negligent of any actions that we may do. And this is why the believer, he has muraqabah, he observes his actions at all moments and consistently is engaged in dhikrullah, the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Otherwise, what will happen? The person will fall back into negligence, which leads to qaswatul qalb. The hardness of the heart. This is the, the lesson from uh, the story of Bani Israel. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَفَتَطْمَعُونَ أَنْ يُؤْمِنُوا لَكُمْ 
that do you have afatatma'una? What is tama'? Tama' is desiring something, something which you can never gain. But do you desire that these people, that they what? And yu'minu lakum, that they believe in you, meaning this group of Bani Israel. Inshallah, next week we will continue from this verse of Surah Al-Baqarah. And inshallah ta'ala, next week the dars continues at 8 p.m. But we will continue after Salatul Maghrib. So the, the dars will be extended up to 9.30 p.m. So from 8 p.m. till 9.30 p.m., including the Salah, inshallah. Jazallahu anna Sayyidina Muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam amahu ahlu. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. Wa salamun ala al-mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alamin.